0: Podcasts on WLRN are funded in part by Make-A-Wish Southern Florida, whose own podcast, World of Wishes, features inspiring, uplifting, and memorable stories from wish kids, their families, medical professionals, and more. You can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome to The Sunshine Economy on WLRN. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Hudson. Today, financial statements, more stories of money and the price of life in South Florida.
0: We're not really in poverty, you know, we're not really suffering. I know people in poverty. I know people that's really suffering. So, you know, really, we we blessed.
1: That's Randolph Watts. He's had some tough times. He was a drug addict who was in and out of jail, but he's been sober for more than 20 years and he has a steady job, which he's held for the past decade at a deli in North Miami Beach.
2: Miami, to me, doesn't have... A middle ground, I discovered that, is either you're up there or you all the way down.
1: Nicole Wester was living in a shelter when we first met her. She's had a hard time finding a stable paycheck. Ron Klein has experienced the success of living in South Florida. He's a lawyer who spent several years as a Florida legislator and U.S. congressman.
3: Florida sometimes does things on the cheap as a government. Uh, which I think uh, doesn't translate well over time.
1: These are just three of the South Floridians who have shared their stories of money and the price of life with us here. You will hear their stories and the stories from others on today's Sunshine Economy. You can see and hear more stories at wlrn.org slash financial statements. And you can share your story by emailing sunshine economy at org. Randolph Watts started cleaning up his life more than 20 years ago. He stopped using drugs, and then about 10 years ago, he began working at a deli in North Miami Beach. He still works there today. It's a steady paycheck, and he lives with his sister and her
0: family in Broward County. My name is Randolph Watts. I'm 59 years old. I live in West Park, Florida, and I'm a busboy slash operations manager at the New York's Big Apple Deli. I've been there 10 years. A normal day is stressful and I do everything. And I'm on my feet from the moment I walk in the door to the moment I leave. Okay, so I served all the cops their coffee. I gave them plenty of refills. And I just work my butt off like I do every day. You know the cops, if the, the cops you know see me, there. Oh hi, how you doing, Randy? You know, I just been a red red light. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I know all the cops in the area where I work at. You know. They had they had a checkpoint one night and uh um, there was like pulling everybody into this to this park in the parking lot and checking their licenses and, and stuff and, and when I pulled in up you know oh that's Randy how you doing Randy go ahead man and you know stuff like that so you know I'm kind of I'm, I'm blessed yeah So I'm the guy that that greets you when you walk in the door, I give you a menu, I say, how are you doing? ask them what would they like to drink. When somebody's done with their food, I take their place off the table. When they leave, then I clean the whole table, then I set the table. Okay, then we might have a delivery, so I got to go check the delivery in. Then I got to go to Publix, then I got to come back from Publix. When I come back from Publix, all the tables are dirty, so then I got to run around clean up the dirty tables and that's like an average day I meet some some nice people some interesting people a lot of cops so I know all the cops I enjoy the people I don't like the work the work is very strenuous I'm 59 I'm the oldest person there it's like my knees 59 I got 59 year old knees It gets stressful because I have bills to pay. Uh, kids to take care of, my wife. I gotta pay my car note, and my car insurance. I gotta make a living. And I'm very lucky for my sister to allow me to be here with her. You know? But I pay my way. raised by my stepfather who was really more of a father when he got out of the service he took us to 18th Avenue 69th Street and it was just building the foundation and he said um, I'm building us a house right here right so when they finished the house we moved in um, it's a bad area now but back then it was like you know everybody on your street was your mama and your daddy you know what I mean If you did something wrong, anybody on the street that saw you doing something wrong could could chastise you. Um, I had a a good upbringing, a good childhood. Um, If I could be honest, okay, when I got a little older and I saw the movie Roots, I kinda switched, you know, a different path. Started getting in trouble in school a lot. Um, Didn't finish school. Then I, I, I um, started using drugs, you know, started selling drugs, uh, in and out of jail. You know I'm a recovering addict. Um, I've been clean 20 years, November make 21 years. Once I got clean, I was able to be a father because I wasn't a father before. I was able to develop a good relationship with my kids. We just try to enjoy life as best we can with what little we have. What well, worries me no health insurance and retirement because we don't have any retirement and I'm getting older. Social security ain't gonna be enough. I just put it like that you know to the, the, the keep on paying the, the bills that I pay here and my car. You know, I like while I'm here, I I don't have to worry about getting like put out on the streets or nothing like that. But you know, just when I get old and can't work no more, my knees bad, my back hurt, you know, my shoulder got swollen prostate and all that kind of stuff like that, and and not enough money to take care of myself when I get up in age, you know, and the medical issues. I think probably it'll be worse. I want to be able to do more for my kids. You know what I mean? I got I got twelve kids, twenty-five grandkids. I want to be able to do stuff for my grandkids like my grandfather did for me. And um, it's not as, as easy as I would like for it to be. You know, I can't do as much as I would like to do. It. We we're not really in poverty. You know, we're not really suffering because I like I said where I came from. I know people in poverty. I know people that's really suffering. So, you know, really, we we blessed, and I'm and I'm I'm grateful. You know, I learned how to be grateful from where I came from to where I am now. Most of my kids, they migrated to Georgia because the cost of living is a little lower. Price of living is cheaper there. That's why they they, they, they went to Georgia. Like my, my one daughter just turned eighteen. She she just um got an apartment, a two bedroom for four hundred and fifty dollars a month, right? Okay. Here here you can't get a one bedroom for four hundred and fifty dollars a month. It's like we say, like N.A. We're in it Synonymous, right? So we say N.A. has a lot to offer. You know, it's a lot of things that you can do, that, that, you know, to have a regular life instead of the stuff that, that we did when when we were using. You know what I mean? So um, South Florida has a lot to offer. Don't be discouraged. You know, because like like I say, now, even though when I get 65, I'll probably still be working at the New York to pick up a deli. You know, I'm still optimistic. I like
2: music.
0: I used to sing, you know, in some bands and stuff like that, and I'm just like a music fanatic. I'm a, I'm a martial arts movie fanatic, and I'm a music fanatic. The last group I was in, um, they gave me the stage name, Triple Funk. You know, I like to say, ow, that was my favorite <laughs> That was my favorite thing. I said it with, with finesse, man. <laughs>
1: Since we first met Randy Watts, he has celebrated his 22nd year of being sober. He still works at the deli. He wound up getting health insurance through the Affordable Care Act, and he was diagnosed with prostate cancer. He says his prognosis is looking good after receiving radiation treatment, but he notes he's not in the clear yet. He also tells us his knees have not been bothering him lately. Still to come, Nicole Wester's story. She wound up at a homeless shelter for several months, struggling to find steady work and a bigger paycheck.
2: I consider myself the working poor. I do. It comes in all forms. Poverty comes in all forms.
1: That story still to come. Welcome back to the Sunshine Economy here on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks for listening. Today, stories from South Floridians struggling to make ends meet and those enjoying prosperity. We call it financial statements, stories of money and the price of life in South Florida. The story of South Florida's economy is more than just the statistics, certainly. Behind all the data on income disparity, housing affordability, and low average pay, are the voices of people grappling with its adversities and those thriving from its opportunities. If you'd like to share your story, you can email us, sunshineeconomy at wlrnnews.org. That's sunshineeconomy at News.org. Nicole Wester moved here more than five years ago, partly for her health, but she's had a hard time finding steady work with a rising paycheck. When we first met her, She had lost her apartment and was staying at the shelter at Camilla's house in Miami.
2: My name is um, Nicole Marie Wester. Um, I'm a security officer or maritime officer at the Port of Miami. Right now, I'm a resident at Camilla's house. I moved from New York to Florida. I arrived in Florida February 5th, 2014. Back in New York, like, hmm, it, it was cool. I had fun. You know, I had a lot of fun. I worked. I was just basically a city girl, you know, just doing what city girls do, you know, living a fast life, because New York is fast. It's not slow pace. Basically, after I got diagnosed lupus, that's when, like, everything started shifting started changing and stuff like that so I started becoming a homebody even more and then I was like hmm you know I got my godmother that lives in Florida my god lives in Florida my godbrother lives in Florida I said hmm I consider moving to Florida new beginnings I mean at that time I didn't know what to expect but I knew what I wanted I knew I had my, my, my medical records with me. I had, you know, all my papers with me. I had all my um, credentials from security, my references, resumes, all certifications, everything. And that's how it all started. I ended up getting a job as quick as possible. From there on, you know, I was just basically on my own, you know, living peacefully. You know, had a little lumps and bumps, but who doesn't? That's life. But I would have never expected to be in this position that I'm in. I worked from what, what, 11 to 7 in the morning. And then at that time, I was living all the way on the borderline of um, Miami Lakes and Hialeah. So like every day I would take that 10 to 15 minute walk all the way from my house to catch the bus. to two, two buses to the train or walk all the way to the bus that I know that would take me directly to work, which is like a 20 minute walk going and coming every day. Every day. And I didn't complain because I, I sat there and I said, you know, better to have than not to have at all. And every time I went home, I was like, I just said to myself, I said, Phew. I said, you know what? I said, I know this is not easy. This is tough. But I said, I'm just glad I got some place where I can just come wash up, cook, and just lay down. You know, just, it just, if that felt good. That sacrifice was a big one, but I wouldn't mind doing it again if I had to. Like, my paycheck would be, like, on a on a good day, depending. Like, if I do extra hours, I would come home, like, after taxes, probably be, like, like, $600, maybe six or some, like, close to seven sometimes. So, you know, my rent was 700 so I would take, like, 350 out of that. And then, you know, every week I would sit there and have a ledger. I said, okay, I look in the house and say to myself, okay, I got soap, I have toiletries, my clothes is washed. I Okay, let me look on the calendar. Okay, I got co-payments to pay for this day. And, and I will start dividing and taking things, you know, away. And then sometimes I would just buy extra stuff. So that way, I won't have to worry about it. That extra money that I could have spent the following week, I, it's, everything is already covered. Because I don't went and wash extra clothes, what extra food, have extra toiletries, so on and so on. You know, so... I was pretty good with that and the way I miss it, even though it was 8.50 an hour, you know, but right now I feel like if I had to take that right now, I would. You know, I went to go see my dad in Tennessee because, you know, he's in a nursing home. You know, so after I came back from seeing my dad, I applied for jobs in Tennessee. I applied for jobs out here. So in between me looking for more hours, better jobs. I fell a month behind in my rent. You know, me being sick and stuff, it's not easy working, but I go and I do it. I end up falling a month behind my rent and I'm in here now. But what's crazy though is before all of this happened, months before, a lot of my stuff I started packing. Cause I said to myself, I said, I said, something just was just telling me just, just pack this stuff. Like, look for some look for a new job. Look for another place. You just outgrown this place. It's just And then everything just started coming in full circle. And I said, Oh, I'm glad I packed this. I'm glad I put stuff in. I'm glad I did this. enrolled in school like two weeks before all of this took place. I had intended on earning my associates for Computer IT Technician Network, something that would have been more stable, could have got a job anywhere, any state, anywhere. I wasn't able to pay the rent, I was behind, I was angry, but at the same time, I didn't care, Cause I, was, I said, you know, just this is just one less headache. I said, in a way I can understand why some people remain homeless, because they just don't want to deal with all this craziness. I had one extra large suitcase with wheels. is what makes the divide whether you can or you, you can't. Dad, should I go out and steal? Glad I didn't never have to go out and steal. 2011, I was diagnosed with um, lupus nephritis or kidney disease and then systemic lupus. There's been times like, you know, where bills have been tight where I, I, I had to either balance not getting my medicine or getting my medicine. It's no joke when you have kidney disease and your legs hurt your body, hurt your bones hurt. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I say yeah and I smile but sometimes I just want to just like wherever I sit just go to sleep If something doesn't work if your plan doesn't work tweak it and go and go the other direction because it cause as much as you know, one would push towards a direction and it's just not working to keep on flopping. That's just like nature's way, the universe's way of saying, Hey, listen, we trying to tell you something, like this is not it, <laughs> you know, revise, re you know, it's time to just to reboot yourself in, in, in ways of sorts. So this is just my way of just trying to revise things. So hopefully it work. I feel like this would be my last shot, though, as far as Florida. I have things that I started working on before I got here that I want to achieve. I like to make jewelry, I like to make bath and body products, scented candles, and stuff like that. And I have books and storage where I have so much stuff written out like okay this is what I'm gonna do after I obtain a job and just and get back on my feet and just get back to what I would call my norm then maybe I could just pull out my books again and be like okay let's let's go back from where we started Miami to me doesn't have a middle ground. I discovered that. It's either you're up there or you all the way down. There's no middle ground. I consider myself the working poor. I do. Oh, okay, I dress nice. I walk around and I smile. Got education, smart, you know, but trust me. It comes in all forms. Poverty comes in all forms. It's like a picture, different angles, different positions, you know, it's like clothes, different style. Homelessness comes in different forms. You can't paint the picture or go by how the picture is painted.
1: Since we spoke with Nicole Wester, she's been living with a friend in Opelaka working at a retail store, but she says it's been tough getting enough hours. She's been taking entry-level classes for construction safety and carpentry with that She says she was able to get a job as a day laborer and save about $900, but transportation became a problem. She doesn't have a car. As for her health, she says in the last few months, she's been feeling better than she has in months. Still to come, a young lawyer and his family look for prosperity and a lower price of living outside of South Florida.
4: In South Florida, I've enjoyed my time here. Uh, but just, it's not the place right now that I think I could see raising my, my family and being able to build wealth.
1: That story's still to come. This is the Sunshine Economy on WLRN. Thanks for listening. Today, it's financial statements, more stories of money, and the price of life in South Florida. I'm Tom Hudson. These are the stories of people who are struggling and thriving. If you'd like to share your story, you can email us, sunshineeconomy at wlrnnews.org. Jeremy Thompson started his legal career as a government lawyer and began his young family in South Florida. But when we first met him, he was
4: looking to leave. Uh, My name is Jeremy Thompson. I am 31 years old. I'm a government attorney and I live in Davie, Florida. My father, he's retired from the school board. He was a janitor, he was a head janitor at his school uh, and he retired. My mother, she keeps foster children, she's kept foster children for over 30 years. And she also, she works at a check cashing store and she also um, rents properties out. Um, when I was an undergraduate, I went to the University of Louisville. I would come here for spring break, and I would love the beach and the weather. And then my final year of undergraduate studies, I got stuck in an ice storm in Kentucky, and we didn't have power for a week, and it was cold, and it was freezing, so I said, I gotta get out of here. So I found my way down to South Florida, I went to FIU, and got my master's degree. Uh, I worked at a residential reentry center for um, federal inmates reentering back into society. So I did that even while I was an undergrad in Louisville. And then once I moved here, they had a facility uh, here as well. I worked for a couple of years, which was very difficult. This was around 2010, 2011, during the recession. Um, And then I ended up going to law school, and I went to FIU Law. Before I moved here, um, I figured, I, I was like, you know, I'm going to move to South Florida, I'm going to find me a pretty good job, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have a master's degree. I got, I did pretty well in undergraduate studies, but when I came here, I, well, even while I was in school, I applied to a lot of, lot of places and it was difficult to get good, uh, good job prospects. When I first moved to South Florida, I had to have a roommate. Um, it was my mother would would help me a lot when I first moved here. Um, but since I became an attorney, I be I became more independent, and then I'm also married too, uh, so I'm able to pay you know pay the bills for my household and take care of my family. But it's still, it's still difficult compared to other places for from attorneys who I do know. I have a wife and then I also have a four-month son. The home that I live in is a two-bedroom condo. It's a rental. We lived here since 2013. Our rent hasn't increased at all. So we pay, um, pay 1100 for where we stay. Most of our other uh, neighbors who are renting, they pay like sixteen or 1500 which is, I, I can't see how they do it. And then for my student loans, I'm on a public loan forgiveness program. The amount of money that I make and based off our, our family size and what my wife makes, it's, it's reasonable what my student loan payments are. But the interest keeps increasing on the loan, so it's like I have to stay with the government for at least 10 years, unless I hit the lottery, to pay it off. Mm -hmm. Finances-wise, it's changed. We get a lot of medical bills coming in from the hospital. Uh, There are a lot of things we thought we paid for, and, you know, bills just keep coming. My wife, uh, she was in nursing school, um, but when she had the baby, she had to, of course, stop nursing school. So that's stopping um, her from working right now. So right now we're just living off my income. Uh, our son came a little early, so during her last week of school, when she was supposed to finish, we try to cut back on a lot of things. Um, we try not to go out to eat as much. We trying to budget and um, buy groceries by going to Walmart and Trader Joe's, less expensive places with groceries. My brothers in Kentucky, my mother, my father, all of them own their homes. I'm the only one who doesn't own, own a home and I have the highest level of education. I'm the only attorney in my family. Um, and one reason why I, it's been difficult to own a home is because, for one, student loans, and then two, uh, well, the, 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 the housing market is so high here. Houston because I've noticed the housing prices are, um, they're a lot more affordable than South Florida. So what I've known I've been looking at the housing prices here compared to there. Um, the, a lot of the, the neighborhoods in South Florida that don't necessarily have the best schools or have high crime areas to buy a single family home there, um, it's, the same amount that it will cost me to pay to stay in a, a very good neighborhood in, in, um, in Houston. The houses there are, are humongous. They're, you can get like a four-bedroom house um, at 2,000 square feet inside for the same price. They have every, almost everything we have here in South Florida. They have the Houston Rockets. They have the Astros, and they also have NASA. Um, their their economy is more diverse than ours. They have um, a lot of health a lot of health facilities. My wife is going to be a nurse, so that's important. Um, they have oil there, um, which which is another another um, makes makes them more diverse as well. Those are the f- reasons why we we're moving there. In South Florida, I've enjoyed my time here, uh, but just it's not the place right now that I think I could see raising my my family and being able to build wealth. The traditional American dream, I feel like it's, it's unattainable here.
1: Jeremy Thompson did move to the Houston area with his wife and young son. He continued working as a government lawyer and his wife got a job as a nurse. They bought a home in the Houston suburbs. This year, they will be moving back to South Florida. He accepted a new position. He says he's excited for the professional opportunity, but iffy about returning to the higher price of life. Still to come as our program continues, the story of another lawyer. This one spending more than a decade as an elected representative from Palm Beach and Broward Counties.
3: Both of our kids have gotten engaged. So speaking of financial investments, I think everybody understands what that means.
1: His story coming up. Welcome back to the Sunshine Economy here on WLRN. I'm Tom Hudson. Ron Klein has enjoyed success in South Florida. He's a lawyer who served as a Democrat in the Florida House and Senate. His two terms in the U.S. Congress, representing parts of Broward and Palm Beach counties, bridged the beginning and the official end of the Great Recession.
3: I'm Ron Klein. I'm 61 years old, and I live in Boca Raton. I'm an attorney uh, at uh, Holland & Knight's law firm. Um, I do uh, business law work and uh, some government work. Um, Past history is I was involved in... uh, Florida Legislature, the Florida House, Florida Senate 10 years, and then uh, served uh, in Congress. You know, I grew up in a, um, um, a bit of a depression mentality household. My mom was a public school teacher. My dad had a small business, some uh, five and ten cents stores. Uh, he owned Cleveland Variety Store which is a single store in, in Cleveland. Um, I worked there on weekends and holidays and summers and it was in a neighborhood in Cleveland that was a lot of in, a lot of people worked in uh, the Ford Motor uh, plants there and a lot of people came in from West Virginia and Puerto Rico. It was a great experience. My dad taught me work, work ethic. Six days a week you, you know you learn by example. So I, we came down in 1985 uh, and uh, we moved to Boca Raton. At the time, uh, there was sort of the old, original part of Boca Raton and the newly developed part of Boca Raton. Uh, at the time, IBM had a very significant presence. There were thousands of people that worked in the IBM plants uh, on Yamato Road. Uh, and as a business lawyer, um, I joined a practice that had sort of a, uh, uh, an angle of helping work with other types of businesses that were coming into the area, entrepreneurs, uh, doctors, uh, uh, different kinds of professional providers and and retail businesses that were filling the the new shopping centers developing. Uh, So it gave me a chance to plug into that type of practice. Uh, We also joined uh, some local charitable organizations we are interested in. I joined uh, as a board member of the Jewish Community Federation, got involved in some activities similar to that. Uh, and uh, we started raising our family in, that, in what was a very nice environment, interesting, stimulating, good weather, good place to live. Today uh, we have two grown kids uh, who are both out on their own. One is uh, down in Miami and our daughter lives in New York City. When I was in the Florida legislature, which you still have uh, another occupation, the way I viewed it is, I had two full-time jobs, so I did that. I mean, I, I'm just I'm a type A personality, so I worked two jobs and made that work. When you're in Congress, it's absolutely full-time, 100%. So then, there's no other type of it's a fair fair compensation. But living in South Florida is not inexpensive. I left my public life, and I'm back in full-time gear of working and serving on boards. And I'm involved with cystic fibrosis. I'm involved in um, a group called the Jewish American Democratic Council, which works on political issues. Um, I'm involved in a group called Committee for Economic Development in Washington. So these are all, you know, pro bono or you know, time on my own, which is, which is important to me, and, and just adds value back to what I think is important in our country. I have absolutely no plan on retiring. I mean, number one, I just enjoy being out there every day working. Um, you know, I'm working as hard as I can right now, earn as much as I can right now, be able to be smart about putting it aside, not spending everything I have. Just be smart and conservative in the way you invest. Um, but you know, I'm not one of these people that is looking at my uh, uh, 65 as some retirement. I'll probably work at least 10 years plus. I've, I, you know, working in this community for so long with so many retirees, I've seen everything from people who came down here retired, financially very successful, but bored out of their minds. And then they start up some other business and or people that just got involved in charitable things and did wonderful things. And then there's the people that play golf and uh, other re- retirement activities. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a person who's going to stay very active in, in things that stimulate me and where I feel like I can give back. We have two kids that are uh, out of the house right now. Uh, we're we're blessed, and I'll say this: um, both of our kids in the last two months have uh, gotten engaged, so we're really pretty excited about that. Um, so, speaking of financial investments, I think everybody understands what that means. Those are big financial things that you have to plan for. That's just an example of you know not a small ticket thing, but it, but hopefully it happens once in life, and uh, we're we're thrilled with uh, our kids' choices and who they're who they're marrying, but. That's a financial piece that you know you have to put in the equation of it's going to take some money out of the bank account, and uh, but that's okay. We've gone through a number of cycles, and we continue to do this in Florida. When the property values are up, We price ourselves out of a lot of people who can't afford to live in their local market. Let's say local teachers, police, firefighters, uh, service providers of many types. Depending on what they're earning, they would certainly like to live near where they work. I mean, nobody wants to have to spend an hour on I-95. But in many cases, uh, in Palm Beach County, for example, it's too expensive. Um, sure, you have a lot of wealthy people here that come in from other places. Some people bring their wealth with them. Other people earn wealth here. So, I mean, there's a lot of successful businesses here, which is wonderful. And that's why many of us choose to live here in addition to a great climate. But a huge part of our economy is, is low-wage, service-based services. Getting paid $40,000 a year or $10 an hour uh, is not a way to make it work. You have to work two and three jobs, even in a place like this. It's not so cheap anymore to live down here. You know, you can go to uh, other places around the United States and it's a lot less expensive. Now, if you want to live here, the, the 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 salary level or the compensation level or the hourly level that you're getting paid has to fit within the home cost or whatever it is. And that's becoming much, much more difficult. This is a a true place of haves and have-nots. Um, you know, people, when I was representing South Florida, my district was Broward and Palm Beach County, so going up to Washington, people said, oh, you represent Palm Beach. Oh, my God, that's such a wonderful, beautiful place. This is before Donald Trump came along. Uh, so you now know what Palm Beach looks like. But um, And I said, no, 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 you don't understand. Palm Beach County has, you know, in Belle Glade, some of the highest health care, you know, challenges in the country. Um you have a real um, microcosm uh, in South Florida of what the rest of the country looks like. So the challenges, the good, the bad, and and, and the ugly. South Florida would continue to be a place where great wealth comes in because the lifestyle is incredible. But there's also a tremendous amount of uh, numbers of people here who are suffering and are not getting the basic things. They're not getting some of the education skills that they need to improve their lives. They're not getting the health care they need in many cases. Florida sometimes does things on the cheap as a government, uh, which I think uh, doesn't translate well over time. Uh, even the infrastructure conversation we're having constantly. And the more time you spend on the roads, you know, moving commerce or moving yourself, to that, that's, there's a cost to that. Um, and people living farther and farther away from jobs because they can't afford to live near their jobs, there's a cost to that. Florida will continue to be a great place to come to, but there are challenges that need to be faced sooner rather than later.
1: Both of Ron Klein's kids were supposed to be married since we first spoke with him. His son's wedding went off without a problem in April. His daughter's wedding was originally scheduled for September 1st, the day Hurricane Dorian first made landfall in the Bahamas. Because of the threat to South Florida, the wedding was postponed three days before. The ceremony is now scheduled for later this month. Still to come, life and work after retiring from a good-paying union job.
5: If you'd have said 10 years ago, this is what I would be doing, There's no way I would have said yeah.
1: That's coming up next. This is the Sunshine Economy. I'm Tom Hudson. Thanks again for listening. Today we're featuring more stories of people about money and the price of life in South Florida. Vincent Kuzmicki is a Miami native, Persian Gulf War veteran. He worked in a union job in the convention industry for many years before retiring. He then took up driving for Uber and Lyft, and that's turned into a new career. All of it makes describing what he does for a living a
5: little tough. Lady at the bank asked me the same thing. She's like, well, how do you describe yourself? I told her I'm a hustler. She left. Uh, Vincent Kuzmicki, 50. I live in Sunrise, Florida. Uh, I'm a driver. You know, I was, I was, union, I'm a retired union guy, 21 years. I was in trade-offs convention industry. That's what I retired from. Um, Miami Beach, you know, and, and <laughs> so I got to meet and deal with a lot of different folks on a lot of different levels. Um, my first night driving was December 31st, 2015. This was my thinking. I know it's a good money night, even though I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I know it's a good money night, but the difference is, is I knew I'd never stop. I made like 800 bucks that night. Whether that car is in this parking lot, in my house, or sitting on the beach, or driving, it costs me the same amount of money. So you might as well make it work for you. So yeah, so I started for about three months, man, I was full-time. Yeah, probably 55, 60 hours a week. Uh, Now, no, no. I've developed a... I got a whole nother business now because of because of Uber. Courier company. If you ask me what my full-time job was, I don't have a full-time job. I'm a full-time driver, but I don't have a full... I'm not obligated to one or the other. You know, when I tell when people look at me and I'm crazy, I tell them, well, I'm retired. I retired four and a half years ago. What? Well, how old are you? I just turned 50. Can't touch my pension for another five years. But I woke up one day and just, you know... 14, 15, 16 hour days, traveling all over the damn country. Um, I, w- I had a very specialized skill. Um, if it hung in the air, nine times out of 10, it went through me in South Florida. So it didn't matter if we were at Broward Convention Center, Miami Beach Convention Center, the hotel, it didn't matter. That's what we did. And uh, so I helped build an apprenticeship program through that. And it was a great job for 21 years, but I woke up one one, I just can't do it anymore. No you know, I have four children, right? My youngest is 17, my oldest is 30. You know, at that when I came back from service, I mean that was what I had to do. I had to go to work. With my career business, I'm probably you know I'm somewhere around between five and six hundred a week just on that. It's not great money, but it's not bad money, right? That's only for like twenty hours work, so it's not bad money. Couple that with the six to seven eight hundred dollars I've been making in the off, on the off time in the summer here, I'm not hurting. I'm not where I want to be anymore, but I'm not hurting. There's money to be made. You just have to go get it. Yeah, when I was union, I was doing about 80,000 a year. But the union, that 80,000 a year is a different, it's a different frame, you know? The 80,000 then was good. If you'd have said 10 years ago, this is what I would be doing, there's no way I would have said, yeah. 10 years ago, I saw myself still on my job, Tons of seniority. I can go back now if I wanted to. See, that's the thing too. I can go back right. I can make a phone call right now and be on the job site tomorrow. So, maybe for me, it's a, it's a little bit more of choice because I don't I don't want to be there. How much do you really need? I want to be to the point again where I don't have to worry. You know, money is tight. I could not go back. I don't think at this point in my life I could go back to working for somebody nine to five in a cubicle so that I can retire and die. It just it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. We don't come from much, you know. Uh, my grandparents worked all their life, you know. My mother and grandmother had a ceramic shop. And then when they couldn't afford the rent anymore in Hialeah, they built a big shed in the back of the house and they were pouring ceramics out of it. You, know, you, you learn, I learned, about doing what you gotta do from them, you know? My father died at 55, pancreatic cancer. My mother died at 42, right after Andrew. Um, Hers was from a botched surgery. So, my father never got to see his pension, that's real. My mother never got to see anything. That's enough to show you, you know, either you're gonna go for it or you're gonna die. Which one's it gonna be? I will not punch a clock for another individual as long as I live. It's not going to happen. It's just the way I feel. It's just not going to happen.
1: Since we spoke, Vincent says he's driving less frequently for Uber. Instead, he's on the road as a courier for a local construction company and working as a private driver for some corporate customers. Joe Johnson is our technical director. Katie Lepre is our engagement producer. Polly Landis is our booking producer. I'm Tom Hudson.
0: Thanks for listening. Podcasts on WLRN are funded in part by Make-A-Wish Southern Florida, whose own podcast, World of Wishes, features inspiring, uplifting, and memorable stories from wish kids, their families, medical professionals, and more. You can listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.